Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes Eyes off off of you. you. I don't want to sing the rest. It's kind of creepy. (laughs) Cut it out. We're not Keith Ledger and 10 Things I Hate About You. No, that's true. Is that... Do you think that's where they got it from? Do you think the writers... I got it from from Deer Deer Hunter? Hunter. Maybe. Deer Hunter is a pretty... Like, it's a pretty big movie. That's kind of weird. (laughs) That you're writing a teen rom-com. You're going to take influence from... The Deer Hunter. But it's also a famous song, so you never know. That's true. Yeah. Segue into small talk. <laughs> How's it going, Mitha? I'm here. Excellent. Good How to are you? Here. Good. I'm all right. Yeah. Surviving. All right, all right, all right. Surviving, maybe not thriving. No. But surviving. But surviving. Right and that's all we can ask for that's these days. That's all there is. Yes. Yeah. 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 So the king is a king now. Yeah, yeah, I heard. Yeah, I don't care. Did you watch it? <laughs> no, okay, yeah. I didn't. My dad did wake up early. Yeah. Um, he told me the night before, Mita, I have to wake up early to watch Coronation. Okay. And I said, are you watching Coronation or are you watching Cricket? Yeah. <laughs> Which one is it? Yeah. And then he said, both. Okay. <laughs> so Fair he enough. did watch both. Okay. Um, I like... I wound up waking up at six anyways yeah. that morning. Just be like, what's going on here? Nothing... Cool. <laughs> no, like really the people boring. were there. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as exciting as the royal weddings. Even those, now when I look back, I'm like, why did I wake up so early no, for that? Kate and Williams was, that Megan, was a moment. Megan and Harry's, I actually did have to be up early. That was my you sister's just wedding. To be, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They okay. got married on the same day. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my joke the whole day was like, my sister is better than Megan. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Kate and William's wedding was I did a, wake a up iconic for moment for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was the first wedding in... Forever. Forever for since Diana and Charles. Did Fergie get married after? But Fergie's wedding wasn't as big, even oh, if it was, true. right? Like, it was that, and then it was this. And she married a pervert. But yeah. <laughs> Who? Fergie. Oh, yeah, Fergie. I thought you meant Kate, and I was just like, no. I mean, he could be. And we Kate's, don't know yet. Kate's Time dress will tell. was spectacular. Kate's dress was beautiful. It's yes. like... A, like appropriate for the kingdom, but still beautiful. It was perfect. Megan didn't look as good. Well, let me tell you, Pippa's dress. Pippa's dress a became a crowd pleaser. That became a thing too. Yeah. Pippa became a thing. Pippa with the buttons in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She became a person. Yeah. So that I've was never heard her talk. Ever. No idea. <laughs> no. But yeah, the coronation yes. happened. The coronation I was, wasn't exciting. I was in our neighbors to the south at the time, yes. so I didn't even. You didn't. I didn't. It. Yeah. Well, I did also say out loud, like, oh, he's not my king. And my dad got mad at me. I was like, Mita, he is your king. And then we had this whole argument. I was like, I don't see him as a king. Yeah. I don't, I really don't understand why we The have, monarchy? Yeah, why yeah, this general. exists still. Yeah. I, I think the pertinence of it is going, is we're getting further and further away from it. Yeah. And like, how do you deny the colonization and the mm-hmm. racism and everything that they have, like... Also, Charles and Camilla are just, like, not interesting people. No. And what's interesting is that the queen had a grace about her Mm -hmm. that you not forgave all of that stuff, but you kind of were, like, 
I don't know. There was a level of acceptance because she carried herself with yeah. a little bit of poise. Charles is a doofus. But also the queen is just such a compelling story. Like, yes, you're, you're so young. You're in your yeah. 20s. You're not even supposed to have the monarchy. It was thrust on her. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, her well, father. Well, she's not at the lineage, proper yeah. lineage. Like, anyways. it was yes, not exactly. meant for her family yeah, at, all. at all. They were not supposed yeah. to have this. And, like, now you do. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's, of, it's wild and crazy. Because of W.E.? Huh? Because of Wallace. Wallace, yes. Mm. Oh, Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, I like. I find that part of history like so fascinating. Fascinating yeah. that like he had to dethrone himself because he was in love with a a commoner divorcee actress. Yeah, but I think that's <laughs> the other thing about the queen, like you're saying, is that there was a she was a common person yeah. who's thrust at this situation, and she handled it the best she could. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a level of like empathy and sympathy that carried her for so long. But Charles, on the other hand, was a doofus, and then Diana. Yeah. So I think like people are there's just, a like, lot of bad blood. It. Yeah. And but they but I think if it was William, like some so I saw this was all on TikTok, so it's probably not true. Yeah. But people were saying that like um, the Queen could have like put some sort of something in her will saying like I don't want it to be Charles, I want it to be William, William? or something, I, and people were like that would be better positioning for the royal family. Yes, but I don't. I don't. I don't know she? If she can. It's, it's not like her will, right? This it's meant to be like thing. God's. These will. are people who claim they're anointed by God. Yeah, God by like God. they can yeah. do whatever they yeah. want, and people believe it. So like they can do whatever they want. I don't think they believe it though. The, the you don't think there's people who believe that? I think there's people. people actually... I don't think the royals believe it. No, I no. I mean, just like I think people in England. Yes, yes, yes. In, yeah. I think people in England who who are behind the monarchy and think like are they they're behind it. Yeah. I don't think the queen thinks that she's like, I'm here because of God. I think the queen thinks I'm here because my uncle was a dick. Yeah. And like f- screwed my father over. And now here was I he am. Was he a dick or was he just in love? <laughs> like, I don't blame him. I don't him. think she can forgive him though for that. No, you can't. When you thrust that upon someone yeah. who also just like was ill prepared for it. Yes. And like, died he was pretty the... much as a result of it. Yeah. And he was, he was the spare. Yeah. Maybe they should have some more empathy towards Harry. And then as a result, her life was... Changed, changed irrevocably and she's done a good job yeah she ha- i think you have to give the queen a lot and this is not just because i love the queen which tries to show that side i think she was dealt like a a weirdly shitty hand mm-hmm. and she kind of dealt with it and i think people think a lot of bad things about her but i think i don't think the royal family is great but i think the queen herself as an entity has she's, done what she could yeah do. yeah and she seems chill she seems chill and i think diana was kind of just Diana at the same time. She seems chill too. I just think they they weren't they don't get along. They don't. But I also think Diana Ch- was chill, but she was kind of a shit disturber too. But like I get why she's a shit disturber. Yeah. I get like I wouldn't want to play into all of that. But then don't marry into it. It's the Meghan Markle of it all. Complicated than that. Meghan Markle. Let's not Meghan get Markle. back into this. <laughs> I can't. I can't with the Meghan Markle. I just no. Because you love her. I if you have to choose. I actually, I'm so indifferent to her. Like, I really don't Me- care. Who do and you I love care more? about celebrity. I don't care about Meghan Markle. Who do you love more? Yeah. Meghan Markle okay. or Woody Allen? <laughs> I love Meghan Markle more yeah, because she did Allen. not molest a child. That's so right. there you go. Who do you love more? <laughs> Meghan Markle or Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston. Okay. Who do you love more? <laughs> <laughs> Whitney Houston or Princess Diana? Whitney Houston. Okay, who do you love more? <laughs> Whitney Houston uh-huh. or Michael Jackson? Whitney Houston. Okay, These are really easy. I know. 
I'm trying to think now of dead celebrities <laughs> that might have. <laughs> Whitney Houston has caused no trouble. She like no, she's caused no yeah. trouble. She's every woman. Yeah, that's Shaka Khan. But Whitney Houston made it the thing the yes. same way. I will always love she, you. you know, it's Dolly she, Parton, but it was Whitney. She Houston. believed that children are the future. She believed that children are the future. <laughs> who else is there? The Whitney Houston or. Heath Ledger. For those of you who are listening to this right now, Nadeem and I have a running inside joke <laughs> in which when Whitney Houston passed away, I, Meet the Sampath, did cry because one, I was on my period. <laughs> and two... You don't get to blame your period yes, for crying. Yes, I do. I have that right as a woman. You don't get to tell me I don't have Mita, that right. Mita wants to throw it onto her period, but fact is... Mita was devastated was when upset. Whitney Houston died. It was really sad to see yeah. Whitney Don't Houston. blame it on your period. It was just so random. It was all of a sudden. I wasn't expecting it. And then there it was. Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston died and I was upset and I cried. Yep. Yeah. So, so there you go. There you have it. And when Mita means she cried, it wasn't like a single tear. It was like sobbing into her pillow. I also like to say Nadim was not present, nor did I even know him at that time. <laughs> That's true. We did not. I told you this in secret. <coughs> <coughs> you yeah. weren't even like I did. I didn't know who you were. I know, but it was. It has carried on. One it day has, you're gonna it cry. Has stood the test I'm gonna of rub time. it in your face. No when Golzar dies, I might cry. That one I'll let you cry. For. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as funny as when Whitney Houston died. No, it's like fine. if yeah, if like Govinda died and you <laughs> cried, <laughs> that's what it would be. <laughs> Govinda has zero influence on my life. But maybe if but I'm you on will my, cry. Maybe when, when I'm on my You're period, gonna be like, who's I'm gonna like, dance like yeah. that anymore? It's true. We don't have much time for small talk, but we should just briefly touch on the Writers Guild strike. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's happening. It's happening. I'm really, I'm very scared that we're not going to have anything to watch in the next year. I mean, what if it's all gone? No, it's not going to be gone. It's just things are going to take time to release now. Yeah. They've already pushed Yellow Jackets. They're pushing Stranger Things. Do you think they'll push Barbie? No, no Barbie's can't. in release. But like... I don't know if they're going to push release dates. Okay. But like... They want to conserve some things, maybe. They're going to push Dune. Dune just dropped a trailer today. I know. Today again. Or yesterday. Yeah, like this week. Oppenheimer and Dune dropped trailers in the middle of the strike. I don't think they're going to do that. Oppenheimer, no, because it's summer and we're in April. So, like, probably Dune is coming out in what, October? November. Oh, maybe. They might. But I don't think the strike is going to go. Last time the strike went on for three months. And yeah. that's what I don't think. I think even if it does go on for that long, that still puts it in the middle of summer. Also, the WGA is not ridiculous enough to recognize the importance of the summer movie blockbuster and the revenue that brings in. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, I'm sure... I, and movies are still coming out. They're, like, scheduled to be released. You can't... I don't think people will schedule new things right now. Yeah. They're going to wait on that. But I think that what's scheduled is scheduled. Look, all I remember from the last one was Pushing Daisies season one mm-hmm. was great television. Yeah, it actually ruined the show completely. Yeah. Yeah. The strike ruined it. And yeah. we t- two, two happened, yeah. but was very bad. Yeah. I don't even remember it. And it makes me sad, and I don't want that to happen. I to think anything. Pushing Daisies is the example of the writer, what the, the effect the writer strike had, because it was a show that had an amazing first season and then tanked because of the writer strike. And then the opposite end, you had something like Gossip Girl, which thrived with the writer. Did strike. it? It had a hiatus, and it came back as soon as it was over, and people were like, "Yes, I'm going to watch this." Oh yeah, because it was ready to go. It was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Pushing Daisies, they were writing at the time, yeah. and it threw off their like, whatever their process and it's good to go. There you go. 
So we'll see. I don't think it's going to affect anything. But like also, like as a writer, mm, I get what yes. they're fighting for. Yeah. Of course. Oh my God. It. These are like yeah, basic They're like things. basic things, basic pay and like, especially the rights for like AI and yes. what that means. That's I was going to say, that's did a you big hear one. about that one? Yeah. That's yeah. a big one. A big thing that, because very recently the WGA made scripts written by AI eligible to be WGA. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad we're fighting that. Yeah. Because... Otherwise, you're just going to have a bunch of bad Hallmark movies. Are you in the WGA? I'm not. No. Okay. I'd love to be in the WGA. If you're listening to WGA, I'm a writer. <laughs> but not currently, no. Okay. Otherwise, I would be on strike, too. There you go. Would you pick it? Here? Here. In Ottawa? <laughs> in Ottawa. <laughs> I, would, I would come bring you food. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you. If there was a I'd w- be your Pete Davidson. I wonder if pizza. people are actually doing it in um, Toronto, because there is a WGA oh, office. There? But that's Canadian Guild. That's yeah. not American Guild, so... Probably not. No. Yeah. But yeah. Wild and crazy times. Wild and crazy times. We'll yeah. see. It's an interesting time to be a writer. And uh, a lot of people are recognizing, at least within the industry, that like there's no content without the writers. So mm-hmm. give the writers what they want. So. And we need it. Oh, yeah. You can't have... Everything you like is there because a writer wrote it. Exactly. Like nothing else. Because like, And AI even, can't write that. As much as I love Vanderpump Rules, there's writers for those shows. And yes. like, we need them. Yes. You need yeah. people who write reality TV too. Like someone comes up with those twists, quote unquote. I think they the producers knew about scandal. You don't care about this. I'm not going to talk about it. About Vanderpump Rules? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, I <laughs> You're not into Scandaval. <laughs> I know. Maybe one day I'll get you into it. Maybe. Okay. But speaking of things I'm not into. <laughs> yes. What movie did we watch this week, <laughs> Wow, what a segue. You let it all out, did yeah. you? This week, we watched the 1978 winner of Best Picture, mm-hmm. The Deer Hunter. The Hunter of the Deers? Yes. Mita, give us a disc, girl. I will. IMDb describes The Deer Hunter as an in-depth examination of the ways in which the Vietnam War impacts and disrupts the lives of several friends in a small steel mill town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. That is what the that is, deer hunter yeah. is about. Yeah. Yeah. What did you know about said deer hunter before? I knew it was a movie. Yeah. I knew it was a movie which starred Meryl Streep. Yeah. I knew it was a movie that starred, I can't pronounce his last name, John Cazell. Cazell? Yeah. I always want to say Cassavetes, but it's not Cassavetes. It's not Cassavetes. That's a different guy. That's what's But John Cazell. Yeah. And I know it, like John Cazell is infamous for being part of like three very famous movies during the 70s. Yes. And then uh, dying. And dying. Yeah. And dying while making this movie. Yeah. yeah. While making too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had lung cancer while he was filming. That, and I knew it was about the war. Yeah. Vietnam War specifically. Yes. That's all I knew about You didn't know Robert De Niro was in it? I didn't know Bob okay. was in here. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, Bobby's in it. And Christopher Walken. Yeah. Lots of great people. Lots of great people. Stellar yeah. cast. Stellar cast. Stellar cast, a wartime film, yeah. a film beautiful on paper, like makes complete, yes. total sense. Yeah. You have a great director. It's an interesting perspective, perspective on what's concept, going on. Yeah. Should be stunning. Should be an Academy Award winning yeah. movie. I I just couldn't. Yeah. I could not get into this. Right? I had so much trouble getting into this. Yes. Like a lot of trouble getting into this. And like part of me while I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect example of how like high school me 
would have watched this and because of all the clout and yeah, like yeah, yeah. people saying it's one of the greatest films and all the things that like society Cerami yeah, has yeah, said yeah. about the deer hunter 16 year old me would have been like it's amazing yeah it's spectacular <laughs> i would have bullshitted my way through all yeah. of it i don't think it's that great no. no i don't think it's as deep as it thinks it is yeah I just don't think it's as cinematic as it wants to be. Mm-hmm. I read some of the reviews and it's just like, it's so memorable. And I'm like, honestly, what it's do you so, remember? What do you remember? It's so overblown. The only thing I remember is that roulette scene. Sure. Like, yeah. And But like, that's a standout for sure. But I, as I was watching it, I was really thinking a lot about a movie with a similar like idea, I guess, which yeah. is like deliverance. Yeah. Which it's a group of men yeah. going through like a specific experience yeah. together and that movie, too, has a very memorable sequence yeah. in which that memorable sequence drives the entire film. Yeah. Like, it builds up. Like, yeah. it takes a while to get there, but it really does, like, drive everything home for you. Whereas this one, it just comes and then it passes. So and one, I had no attraction to it. So one thing I read about that scene, which I was... Anyway, I read that it was meant to be a metaphor for the war itself. And the... Shut up. <laughs> yeah, the randomness of war and violence and how there's no real, like, rhyme or reason to it. And I was just like, that is pulling a metaphor out of your ass, man. Like, but also, like, there is reason to war. Yeah. It is about power. And, yeah. like, yeah, no, I don't... I don't and Russian roulette is not about power. It's literally about... It's random. Random act. Yeah. So I don't think you can find that equity that's in really those things. That's really poor. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. subscribe to that. Like, I don't that. subscribe to that either. I think that's actually kind of BS. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, the whole time, I was just like, why is this three hours? hours? That wedding scene is 50 minutes long. This is a movie about, like, I read in the description, it's about a group of friends' experiences in the Vietnam War. It takes an hour and 15 minutes to actually get Get to to the the Vietnam Vietnam War. And which they build up into something that I don't give a shit about. And I, like, I don't, and I also don't think... Knowing that that part of the characters' lives yeah. really do help in any way. Especially, like, I was trying to understand, what are you trying to accomplish with this sequence? Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of, this is 50 minutes. It was, the wedding was literally 50 minutes. Yeah. The rest of it, like, other things happen, they go hunting, fine. But 50 minutes of one scene... And I was trying to count on my hands the things that happen in 50 minutes of film. I recently wrote a screenplay. I rewrote a screenplay of mine. Mm-hmm. And I was counting. I was trying to like, it's a, it's a movie about where like two parallel stories like intertwine. And so I was trying to see like, was everything evenly spread out? So I literally wrote down my scenes. In the middle second act of my film, which is essentially like page 30 to page, like I think it was 80, mm-hmm. so 50 pages. I have 30 scenes. 30 scenes. Mm-hmm. I counted seven things happen in 50 minutes, Mita. Seven <laughs> things, seven things happen. And like, I, I was like, I'm going to count with these with Mita on this episode. Okay. Tell me about this wedding. So from the beginning, yes. you know, they're steel miners or they're like, they're blue collar. Yeah. Someone's getting married. Yeah. Someone is pregnant. Yeah. Someone is in uh, an abusive parental relationship. Yeah. There is a slight love triangle going on. Uh-huh. People are Russian. Okay. <laughs> they are going to Vietnam. Yeah. What else? Uh, Truly, what else do you accomplish in that scene? In the, in that 50 minutes of cinema, what do you get? I was about to say, like, De Niro and Walken live together, but that's part of the love triangle. <laughs> um, Friends. 
eight friends. Yeah, you have male <laughs> male friends. There's a group of male friends yeah. who are close through work and through social and like they're they're poor. <laughs> sure, they're blue collar. Yeah, nine. Nine. Yeah, there's really nothing to gain from that. Fifty that couldn't be done. In you could have done that exact same sequence. People going to a wedding in like twenty minutes. Like yeah, it could be t- completely cut down. Completely cut down. And there's also nothing about that wedding that's like actually compelling. Yes. Like I, I love weddings. I love weddings. I would love to see one on yes. screen. And it's such a famous scene. People talk about this really long wedding sequence. Yeah. And I was expecting more. Oh, people talk about this. Yes, it's a. Fa- it's very. It's very known for this <laughs> sequence. And that's my question, Mita. Why? Like, what am I not getting here? Yeah. Like, am I going crazy? Is it me? Am I the problem? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was really trying to think. I'm like, what is it about this movie? What is it about this 50-minute sequence? Fine. Because you can tell the way he's trying to divide it. It's meant to be an hour about their life before the war and then an hour about their life after. It's three acts. It's three acts. And those are meant to be the acts. Sure. But there's so much wasted space throughout all of it. Mm -hmm. And apparently, there's like, he, he... he wanted it to be this long. And I'm like, why? Why? Like, what is the purpose of that? What is the purpose of it? And, and not even just like a, like, I mean, a metaphor or something, but like in terms of like you're telling a story. Yeah. What do you think about that is actually compelling for somebody to watch? And like, why would you think people would want to sit for three hours in front of your movie and be entertained in this sort of a way? But they were, Mitha. I don't get it. This was a financial success. And it won Best Picture. <laughs> yes, it did. It did. I can't deny that because that's why we're here. That's right why now. we're here. That's why we watched this movie. <laughs> but, but I... So, in terms of financial success, how much? Like, 50 million, I think? 56 is what I read, I think. Okay, on but, a budget of... I'm just going to pull it up on IMDb. On a budget of 15 million, it made 15 million. Now, it wasn't the highest grossing film of the year. No, though. fine. But you know fif- what was? What was? Grease. Oh. A movie that is extremely entertaining yeah. Yeah. and something I would maybe consider best, best picture a best picture in it wasn't comparison even, it wasn't even nominated though no because you know what was here are the four nominees okay coming home yeah heaven can wait okay midnight express uh-huh. an unmarried woman I midnight express sounds familiar, sounds familiar but I and I, heaven I think it's a Warren Beatty movie heaven can wait so, Midnight Express is Brad Davis, Irene Miracle, Bo Hawk, Randy Quaid, Alan Parker. That's I like feel the like most random. Random, people. right? Heaven Maybe we're wait. mistaking Midnight Express is with Midnight War- Cowboy. <laughs> Maybe, but I've heard, I feel like I've heard Midnight okay. Express. Heaven Can Wait is Warren Beatty and Julie okay. Christie. It's a sports fantasy comedy drama. That's a lot. That's too many things. It's too many genres. <laughs> yeah. Coming Home is Jane Fonda and John Voight okay. in a romantic war drama. And oh, the war. An Unmarried Woman is Jill Clyburg and Alan Bates. Oh, Jill Clayburg. In a romantic comedy drama. I like Jill Clayburg. Do you? Yeah, she's a mom in Bridesmaids. Oh. Oh, that's her? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> You're like, yes, I like her. Now I, I, appro- her. I approve this message. <laughs> yeah. But I generally have not heard of these movies. No, neither have I, which is like... If you look at the top grossing films, though, you have Grease and yeah. I think Superman in the same yeah, year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Which is like, what a weird yeah. year. Yeah. But then when I 
when you read those out, I'm thinking, hmm, this is going to be reflective of what our next decade is going to look like. This was the first movie I saw of this decade, and I'm like, oh, we're moving into the 80s. We're getting... It so felt like... We're losing we're, traction we're, we're here. We're losing traction here. We're starting to get a little bland. Do you think that maybe, like, the... The symptom of this movie is that people seem to love it, right? It's yeah. that people are, like, really into it. But it hasn't it. aged well, I'd say. Do you think that it people really love it because it falls in line during the same time period of all these other movies centered around men that have, like, such a hype towards them? Like, it just automatically yes, gr- gets grouped in because it has De Niro, it has John Cazell, it has Walken, and, like, it's all- these three people have appeared in the last few best pictures we watched. It's also not poorly made. No, I That's give the it that. thing. Yeah. It's actually not it's not a bad film. It's just I, I think there's a couple of things. I think Deliverance was a really good example because it's very similar mm-hmm. like in terms of tone. But I think the other thing about this movie I just couldn't stand was the broiness of this group of friends. I'm like, you guys are meant to be, what, in your 20s or 30s? Like, late 20s, early 30s? Like, what was the age range? I couldn't even tell. I was assuming late 20s. Late 20s, right? So, late 20s, and you're acting like frat boys. Maybe they are meant to be younger, especially because they're going to war. But here you go. The film doesn't do a good job of setting that up. And you've already spent an hour and 15 minutes telling us about this group of friends. How come I don't know how old they are? Did they all go to high school together, or did they just grow up in this Or do they just work together, and they're all blue-collar, and they're all high school graduates? Like, what is... Nothing. I know nothing about that, but you spent an hour at this wedding. Yeah. And still, I don't have enough context. It wasn't even a cute wedding. No. I get it. It was meant to be like a, it was meant to be like a lower income um, community blue collar wedding. wedding. And for that, I get what it was trying to say. But like, I, I it, it was just confusing. It doesn't work like that first act really sets it up to not be great and, and, and that first act is like what is the first thing people are watching and so I saw this and I was like I'm not gonna like this movie and I continued to watch I'm like I'm not liking this no. movie like I'm just not I can't get into this I can't I can't subscribe to what they're trying to sell me right now I think there's a world where that first act works like I okay. think there's I think there's a world where it works I just don't know what I think you have to keep the movie in that same setting, though. You can't just have this, like, juxtaposition of, of this small town, yeah. steel town, and then all of a sudden they're thrusted into a war. Yeah. And even in the war sequences, like, they're not... Like, there is some action, but it's not heavy with action. No, it isn't. And it's in no way thrilling. No. Like, in no way am I thinking, like, ooh, what's going to happen next? I don't know if that was the intention, though. What do you think the intention is? With I think this? the intention is the third act. I think okay. the idea is here's who these people were. Here's the thing that changes them. Here's the change. Mm-hmm. And we're, I think the third act is meant to be what the movie is really about. Yeah. But a movie should not take two hours to get to the point that it's talking about what it's meant to talk about. Yeah. I'm th- also thinking, though, that that third act would work so well as just like a play. Just the third act of like a play. Or a movie even. Yeah. Just like, because you know what we, I was thinking, I'm like, we saw that movie, The Best Years of Our Life. Yeah. Which is about. Which is about men coming home from from war. war. And how how they deal with it. And fine, Vietnam was different because it was like a ground war and it was a lot more like, like hand to hand. People didn't understand why they were there. Yes. Yeah. People still don't understand why they were there. I don't understand why they were there. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) yeah. Also, there's this like weird notion of like, they're trying to sell it that they won. 
they like Thank whenever <laughs> someone comes to Robert De Niro, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, we won, right?" He never corrects them. Mm-hmm. So as a result, the movie never corrects them, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, is this is this meant to be awareness? Is it meant to be ironic? I'm thinking no, just because of when this came out. Like in the late seventies. Yeah, like it was close to the time. Like on the tail end, yeah. Right, so people probably still were thinking that way, but we know now in 2023, yeah. like they did not win the Vietnam yeah. War. So maybe there was that like confusion there, but I don't think it was set in tone to like be ironic. Hmm. Because I think they probably did think. But again, that, that was won. not that was not clear. Yeah, it's just. Uh, but then that part of this is also we're watching this so much later. Yeah. Like, how would we have felt then? I also think this is a clear example of a film that would make a much better miniseries. Oh, yes. Yes. Completely. Like an eight-part miniseries. Yeah. Where you actually, you could have an episode about that entire wedding, mm-hmm. and it actually could matter. Not a miniseries I would watch. <laughs> no, yeah. not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But one that could be good. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I also feel, <laughs> yes. I don't want to harp on this, mm-hmm. there is a distinct level of whiteness about this film. Yes, Not just in casting. But I can understand why. Yeah. Like, that's what it that Yes, what that's what it was. I don't think yeah. there was a lot. Uh, I mean, it got, well, you do have Forrest Gump. You have Bubba Gump. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... I don't think that there would be... Do you mean whiteness in terms... Sorry, you're not saying in casting, but just in terms of, like, tone? Because when I'm watching Annie Hall the week before, my my gut isn't, this is just about a bunch of white people and some neurotic Jew. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's not a feeling I get off of it. Yes, it is completely a Caucasian cast, and... But I I just never... I, I don't feel that way about it. I feel like Annie Hall, for instance, has very universal themes and very... It's meant to talk to the audience. I feel like... And you could put any person in that yeah. role. Like Annie Hall. Annie Hall could be black. She could be black. She yeah. could be Asian. She could be anything. Mm-hmm. And actually, Woody Harrelson's Alf, he could also be anybody. He doesn't have to be a neurotic Jew specifically. He, he could, could just be, be like a neurotic Indian Indian kid. guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he could be anyone. And that's why it's applicable. This just seems very much like... I don't know. that, that There's something about like... The way the story forms and what it's talking about that does feel slightly removed for other people. Okay, but I also I don't think... I, I don't know if that's just you know I wasn't in like a an amazing place while watching it as well so maybe I just wasn't in in, in the mood I, I wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah, I think though with this the culture that's represented, which is this like it's blue class, blue, yeah, blue blue collar, <laughs> blue collar culture, yeah. is very specific to white people yes like people of the same sort of like socioeconomic background in different co- like countries yeah. they don't act in the same way no, like they don't. people who are that kind of wealthy like i'm saying wealthy in terms of what they have yeah. in india are not blue collar yes Indian, right exactly, like yeah. so that's could be why you're the disconnect kinda, yeah. yeah you're getting that there and I can't blame a movie for having that. No, I I, I don't yeah. blame it either. I think it's overall just like a feeling of like, I didn't feel like this was a movie for me. No. And I didn't feel like it spoke to me. I didn't feel like anything necessarily about it. I didn't think that the insights into what war does to people were interesting. I didn't think anything about it was interesting necessarily. I didn't think it was badly made though. It is very well acted. Yeah. Very well cast. The cinematography is great. It does it is not I still watched it and I was still compelled to watch, even though it was not necessarily an easy watch and I had to really force myself to do it. It's not a bad film. I just don't think I'm the Either one of us is the target mm-hmm. audience for this. 
What did you think of baby Meryl? <laughs> I mean, Meryl shows ability right from the beginning, yeah, right? That's what it is. She's my favorite person. She is. And she's one of those people that like, I don't know if I wanted Meryl to come back because she's Meryl or because she was performing well. So I had a little difficulty with that. Oh, that's fair. You know, like, like I say that like, the best performances are those where you can't wait for that character to come back. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt here. But I don't know if it was just because I like Meryl Streep. But I think Meryl, like more recently, I'm not like as in love with Meryl as I was before. Like in her more recent role. No. I feel like she's just taking things just for the sake of yeah. taking them. Or just to maybe for her to have fun. But like there's no real substance to it. Like why is she in all these Ryan Murphy projects? But... <laughs> I so I I feel like I can disconnect the bad the Meryl, Meryl yeah. from the good Meryl yeah. and like this is the good Meryl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Because I'm so not like present and like a character that could easily just be like, why are you even here? Mm-hmm. Like what is the what's yeah. your purpose in this whole story other than being like the love triangle? Yeah. But she is very compelling. Yeah. And like I when I'm thinking about sequel prequel ideas, I kind of just want I want to follow her story a little yeah. bit more. But yeah. But also because like it starts off so strongly with her in her abusive like her father being yeah. abusive and all of that, and you're kind of just like okay, and it we just don't see anything. It's just meant to be this just like oh he slaps her around. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Where I wish there was more. I there. wish there was more. I wish there was more insight. She could be the original Jenny, <laughs> Forrest Gump. Oh, also. Yes. I also think this is a very interesting movie about how it could be Travis from the Taxi Driver's origin story. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh! Doesn't yes, many ones of these. Yeah. He Who said that? New York. I did. Oh. Like, that's not on the internet? <laughs> no, I just thought while I was watching, I was just like, wouldn't this be interesting it's if this was the origin story for Travis? It really would. Doesn't make complete sense, too. That makes complete sense. Complete sense. <laughs> yeah. It's actually kind of like... I actually love that. <laughs> I love this, like, cinematic universe you're creating. <laughs> the Travis Bringle? Bringle? Pringle? Pr- Bingle? Tra- Bingle? Brinkle? Bickle. Bickle. Yes. That's I love the Travis Bickle universe. cinematic universe. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But that's kind of what I, I was just like, oh, that actually makes this almost more compelling. Yeah. Like connecting, even though it's, that's not the intention or anything like that. It just makes it more interesting. What if it was? You know. Who directed this? <laughs> Some guy that I've never heard of. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he was a person. His name is Michael Semino. What has he done? Not really like anything no. notable since. Oh, interesting. It's so... Yeah. I don't know where the the clout comes from. Yeah. Like, how come this had such a lasting impression? I think it's probably toxic masculinity. But how strange is that? Because by the 70s, we have started to move away from that. In Deliverance. Yeah. But I'm... In Deliverance and even in Taxi Driver. Do you think that toxic masculinity could then be a symptom of such strong male characters that then writers and people see see characters like Travis, see people, like even in The Godfather, I think it has the reputation now, but probably didn't then. And so they witnessed these strong male characters with like something to say and then kind of drove home with that. And now we have these strong male characters with something to say that's like all bullshit and like doesn't work. But I don't think these guys had anything to say. Aside Th- from Robert I've... De Niro, none of them really were... Maybe the intention was that they did, and that it's just not coming across to you yeah. and I. Maybe. Yeah. But I think part of that is, the, part of my problem is the fact with how bro they come across. Mm-hmm. Like, Robert De Niro ends up being the most mature character of all of them, and the rest of them end up just being, like, douches. 
And that is very off-putting, I find. It's mm-hmm. this weird, like, infantilization of male friendship, where male friendship in deliverance is very mature. Yeah. It's very, like, actually what it's men... It's complex. Of, it's complex, and what men of that age probably actually are. This just feels like blue-collar bros who drink beer constantly and are getting drunk, and, like, it's just... It's so, like... Juvenile. It's juvenile. Mm-hmm. And it's not... I don't think... And I'm sure there are men like that. Don't get me wrong. There are definitely men who act like this today. I guess the question is, is it so wrong if that's what he's saying then? Just because I don't like it. I, I wonder how old he was when he... Wrote it? Yeah. Because what I think, like, what you're saying is right. In Deliverance, you have real male friendships represented. And it's male men of a certain age. Like, yes. it's not younger men. But I'm wondering if, like, a young man's version of that is this. If they think, like, they're doing the same thing with having complex characters together, but it actually turns out to being just, like, frat boys because yeah. they themselves are too juvenile to actually understand it. So he was born in 1939. Okay. Movie came out in 1978. So he was in his 40s. So he was in his 30s, 30s. when he wrote this. Oh. He was my age when he wrote this. Oh, interesting. He's also white. <laughs> but I don't think that's a... I don't think that's... I think I think what the seventies has been interesting is that we haven't talked about diversity once. Yeah. Because we haven't felt the need to. Yeah. It didn't feel because these movies were complex and interesting, and even when we didn't love something like One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, it didn't. Fine, there were a few more diverse characters in there, but I don't think it mattered. Yeah. It did. That wasn't what it was trying to say, and it wasn't what it was trying to show, and I was okay with it. This, on the other hand, I'm kind of just like, there's something about it that is just not clicking. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm trying to grasp at straws here. Maybe I'm just like, is it the fact that there is no diversity? Is it the fact that it just feels very meant for, not even maybe white is the wrong word, but blue collar is the target audience? Like people who understand this? Or maybe it's just meant for men who were of that age at that time. Like maybe this is a time and a place yeah, kind of movie. I think it is. And it's not something that's universal. Yeah. But like I looked and there were more recent reviews where people actually do like enjoy this. I couldn't grasp with what they're saying of like this is a movie about men in a certain time and their complexities and how they survived through the war and the result of the war. I was like, but then you should watch something like The Best Years of Our yeah, Life. Which does which it so does much better. so much better. And it's in one snapshot of an evening together. Yeah. As opposed well, it's to... not an evening together. How much... Or not... Well, like... It's but it's a like snapshot. Grown, yeah, it grows. Yeah. They are, But the movie starts with them coming back, back from the war. As opposed to... I'm supposed to understand the beginning, the middle, and the end of and this like, person's life. Like, and I, I didn't need to understand the beginning. That's, I think, the thing that's getting me is that, like, I didn't need to see the war. I actually think the more interesting movie would have taken the war out completely and shown us the before and then, and then the, the after, after and, and we that's have no it. idea yeah, what, what they experienced. But then you lose out on the, on the roulette. Rus- Russian roulette. Which and is, that is... A part of that toxic masculinity yeah. showing violence and showing like this tension and all of that that is like fine built in there but kind of irrelevant like the more interesting story is what happened yeah if the audience member we maybe we should rewrite this yeah okay we'll put pen to paper i would say this is the first real disappointment in a while yes because yeah. the 70s have been so much fun so much fun and again even when they weren't great they were good because i'll also say like i'm on this quest to watch 300 yeah, yeah. Movie. I 
I went into this weekend with like the intention of like, I'll start with this and then I'll get some done because I'm quite behind right now. And I watched this and I was like, no, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> it's so long and it's so draining. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a fun film. Mm-hmm. And it's not even, forget fun, it doesn't even excite. Like, Taxi Driver isn't fun, but it's a, it sparks something in you. Deliverance is not fun. No, it's not. But it, it is engaging. It's engaging. Yeah. We're getting into such a bland time period, Mitha. Who knows what Kramer versus Kramer will bring. But then we move into Ordinary People. We're just ordinary people. Chariots of Fire. Uh. And then Gandhi. And then Terms of Endearment. And then maybe Amadeus is a little bit more interesting. But that isn't until 1984. And then Out of Africa. And then Platoon. The Last Emperor, Rain Man, Driving Miss Daisy. This next decade is gross. Maybe we should start focusing on the absurdity of these movies. Or just, so we can have some fun. I, but they're not absurd. No, but like try to pinpoint something. Yeah, yeah. like what? But <laughs> Like what is so funny about watching this? I don't know. I just don't, I don't know, Nadim. I think the interesting thing is, okay, but when you talk about the deer hunter, look, if I'm looking at something, and we'll obviously talk about this more going forward, but if I'm talking about something like even ordinary people. Yeah. And ordinary people won against Raging Bull. That is a head scratcher. Of That's a question mark. And, a, and even like Tess and Coal Miner's Daughter and The Elephant Man. Those are all exceptionally better films. Mm-hmm. But The Deer Hunter does look like it's the best film this year. I don't, I don't know. Grease is pretty fantastic. Grease is the time. It's the, ice. It's the feeling. <laughs> Do you think Grease, if it had come out now, would have won? I don't think the deer hunter will. <laughs> you don't? It came out today? Yeah. No. No? No, I don't think people want to watch three-hour movies like this anymore. I don't think the Academy wants to watch three-hour movies No, like I don't that think anymore. the Academy wants I think. Sure. <clears throat> I think the Grease would at least be nominated yeah. if it came out today. Now, are we saying this in the way of, like, if Grease came out today... Do we know what Gre- Greece was? Do you know what I mean? Like Greece no, is like no, 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 one fine. of the first it was of in its, its time. time yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying in terms of like what Greece was for its time. If yeah. something like that, like that came out for our time, I would. Yeah, yeah. I I think musicals have such a that should have much more of a presence when it comes. Yeah. And I can't believe like we have such a gap from Oliver to Chicago. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Sorry to bring it back to Chicago, <laughs> but you know. And we don't see Chicago for a while. You do what you got to do. Hmm. Do you have any sequel prequel ideas? I just like Meryl's character. I forget her name. Yeah. Linda. <laughs> Linda. Yeah. Linda. I'd like to see more Linda. Yeah. Yeah. Even Linda before, like a young, like. A young Linda. I, I don't know. This sounds terrible. The abuse interests me. But it abuse does. Is interesting. Abuse is interesting. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. But I'm not saying I like the abuse, but I'm I'm interested to know what and, happened there. Yeah. Where's her mom? We don't see things like that very no. often. Like the only thing I can think of is like precious. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like that's a very somber way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and precious is almost like too much. Yeah. Yeah. But like it would be interesting to maybe have like a coming of age story. About about someone who's been abused. Been abused, yeah. Yeah. True. Mm -hmm. Go into your rating. Okay. Did it deserve best picture? In my heart, no. (laughs) So it's this one is really simple for me. I'm not gonna go into too much here, but like, there just wasn't 
this is a movie that is separated into three acts. And from the first act, there was like nothing engaging. Yeah. And everything afterwards just failed for me. Mm. I think if that whole first act wasn't there, then yes, if we started in the war and I saw the effect, that would work a lot more for me. Mm. If we did what you suggested of like starting in the first act and then going straight to the third act, that would work so much yeah. for me. This movie, <clears throat> a while on paper, presents very well because it has a great cast. Yeah. It's It's... A compelling idea. Yeah. It is shot very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's acted very well. Like this should all work and be something that I'm saying to you here like totally deserves to win Best yeah. Picture. There is no feeling that comes from watching it. Like there was nothing yeah. exciting, nothing engaging, nothing that I would that I can even pinpoint to you right now and say, like, I would like to watch that again. Yeah. Cause like even the movies that I don't like a lot I can say like oh like I could watch this scene Mm -hmm. maybe but there was nothing here that was like yes and for a movie that has such a famous scene with the roulette which is uncomfortable to watch I also am not sitting there thinking like this is this is cinema like this yeah 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 when I watch Deliverance yeah which is a movie with a similar idea like different locale different like different out yeah yeah different like life-changing scene i can recall scenes of deliverance and i can say to people like that is something you need to watch and you need to watch again and it still is did i say that deliverance should have won over the godfather no was it godfather one or two i think it was two but there was also like chinatown that year i think i did say that i feel like it should win over it maybe maybe that's how you feel maybe that's how i'm feeling today Because I do... Oh, it wasn't... Deliverance was the year Godfather won. won. Oh, and you also watched Cabaret. No, I think Deliverance... But you liked Deliverance over Cabaret. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Well, we'll see. But anyways, I think this probably was a dud year for Cinema. Yeah, it sounds that way. And so that's why I get it winning, but I don't feel like it is worthy Warranted, of its... Yeah. yeah. So, like, I can't say, like, it doesn't deserve to win, but I'm just saying in terms of, like, the, the landscape of Best Pictures... No, it's not. Yeah. The win isn't necessary here. Like, yeah. it's a fine film. This is also me saying this in 2023, not experiencing yeah. it when it came out in 1978. I don't know what, like, the climate and the world was like at that point. I think people were probably much closer to the idea of war and maybe seeing what the affect is. Um, and especially having probably experienced it with loved ones as well. Yeah. And I do think it's interesting to, you know, focus on a male group of friends, mm-hmm. but there isn't anything compelling about this group. Yeah. There isn't even a standout in this group that I'm like, oh, I want to know more about you. I want to know more about your story. And this is actually a story that was done in the best years of our lives and done in a much more compelling and watchable way. Yeah. So I feel for those who maybe are interested in The Deer Hunter, I would actually suggest them watch The Best Years of Our Life instead. Yeah. So for me, I'm landing at like a two and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Because it's just, it it didn't, it didn't click. Okay. That's no, fine. I'm not in it to win it. I was just looking up how long the Vietnam War went on for, and it was almost 20 years. What yep. were they doing there? What were they there? doing from 1955 to 1975? So when this was being made in 1977, it was like, Rush. Oh, yeah. So I think at the time this definitely hit closer to home. Yeah. Like the war had just ended. 
again, it was so close to the proximity of it, like all of that. So it was telling that story. People definitely flocked to see it. Mm-hmm. It just, it is what it is. People were more interested in it and it definitely had a bit more gravity. We've come so far from the Vietnam War itself that I just, not that we don't care, but I just don't think we're as vested in it. I think there are more interesting parts of it. Like being a prisoner of war is yeah. something that's more interesting. And this movie doesn't do doesn't do anything to really like engage me in that story. Well, this is the thing. I feel like the deer hunter is actually like three interesting stories. Yeah. Just they don't need to be together. No. And like this, I think the uh, the story about people being in the Vietnam War is actually probably very interesting. Mm-hmm. A whole sequence of being captured and being a prisoner of war and like what you experience and how you escape and all of that sounds fascinating. I feel like a movie about what happened to you after the war, also fascinating. I feel like a movie about what happens before and after the war, interesting. But I just don't need to see it all in one go. And I think that's what the thing I feel like there's things that could work in theory and at the time probably felt fresh and they probably felt interesting, especially because this isn't a boring film and it's not a badly made film. And for me, at least, I do see some art here. There is clearly an attempt to craft a story and make something. And even though I find it way too long, like an hour too long, I still think that there is some there is some art and there's an attempt to do something. It's not clicking for me, but it's not like I'm watching a movie that feels artless. And I think that is, a, is, that is the saving grace. It didn't click for me. I didn't connect to anything. And the whole time, the one thing I was thinking was, have Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep only done this movie together? They have really great chemistry. Great chemistry. And why haven't they done more stuff? But that should not be the thing that is the running thought. <laughs> the love story the, in this movie yeah, is not what you should it's be not, It's It's also <laughs> such a like flimsy love story itself. That, like You're looking, look it up. I want to know if they did anything yeah, else yeah. together. But that should not be the guiding thought while I'm watching this movie. It should, like, that shouldn't be the thing. And people talk about The Deer Hunter with such reverence, and it's, like, an AFI's list and all of that. And I'm not necessarily surprised, because this does feel very American. And there are things about it that also just feel poignant. Like, they're trying something, but it's just never, it's never getting out of that, you know, watching something and being like, oh, you're trying something, and, like, good for you. It's just not landing it. It's not, I'm not immersed into it. I don't care necessarily. And even in the roulette scenes, it's weird. I'm like watching to see like, oh, are they going to die? But I'm not like at the edge of my seat. I'm never like, what's going to happen? happen? What are the stakes here? There's, there's this weird level of like, well, you're Robert De Niro is not going to die. Christopher Walken is probably not going to die this early in this movie Mm -hmm. so like are there stakes at the end that was an interesting scene because i didn't know where that was going to go but that was kind of so i don't know i it took me a long time to finish this movie it was a real stretch i didn't hate it i do understand why it won because especially because of the proximity to the war at the time it probably felt different like etc etc there's many reasons why it won also feels like a dead year yeah would i vote for it now probably not but i get it for me, it's going to be three stars. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep were in another film together mm-hmm. in 1984 titled Falling in Love. Nobody watched it. Wow. Um, it has a 55 on the Metascore. Oh, that's why no one watched it. Yeah. I'm surprised they were never cast. Like, only they even work. two movies. They work. They're so... They Yeah, I get like, it. Like, even older Robert De Niro and younger Meryl, and older Meryl Streep have never done, like, a yeah. Hope Floats kind of... 
I don't think I could see them doing it now. Robert no? Robert has muddied himself. Well, Robert has muddied me. himself. Yeah. He's a father again, did you hear? Yeah, it's 79. Yeah. yeah. Seven kids. Yeah. It's like Nick Cannon. <laughs> Robert De Niro's the original Nick Cannon. Yeah. But no, Nick Cannon is still the original Nick Cannon. <laughs> but that was uh, The Deer Hunter. Yeah. We are moving on. We are moving into the 80s, sadly. Mm. And next week we have a movie coming up. Well, we're still in 79. We're still in 79, year, yeah. but I don't think we are. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, but also no. We'll find out next week. <laughs> yeah. But before we get there, yeah. game me. Okay. Nadim. Yes. Last week you had me connect. Yeah. I made a dumb mistake. <laughs> And I got it right away. Yeah. You had me connect prisoners to Parasite. Yeah, okay? I did. This week, I'm going to have you connect Parasite to a movie I love and you hate. Oh. Stepmom. Oh. And there's a very fast and simple oh, way to Oh, no. Do it. I'm not going to get it now. And I want to see if you can get it. And your timer starts now. Oh, Parasite is made by Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Yeah. Who made Okja. But aside from Paul Dano, Jake Gyllenhaal, Tilda Swinton, these are my options. I know there's other people in it and I don't know. There are other movies that Boone has made. Yeah. English language? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You have, tw- like, uh, 15 seconds. Do I know these English language movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> probably... You're going to laugh when you Oh, I'm going to be really upset about this? Yeah. Probably. I'll give you a clue because you have five seconds. Yeah, give me a clue. It's a movie we reviewed. Papang Joon-ho? Yeah. You're at a minute. I'll give you another 20 seconds. Papang Joon-ho? Yeah, we reviewed We reviewed a Bang Joon-ho movie? Yes, we did. Oh, my God, I'm going to be so angry. In season that. one? So one of us suggested it? It was on one of our lists. Was it on my list? No. It was on your list? Yeah. Function Ho? You told me to put it on my list. What? Yeah. Oh, I have no okay. idea. Okay, I'm giving you a minute 20. Yeah, then. I have no idea. So, um, have you heard of Snowpiercer? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Not Tilda Swinton. Is Jenna Malone in... No. Oh. Ed Harris. Oh, Ed Harris. <laughs> Ed Harris is in yeah. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Who, he is the yes. dad and stepmom. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to get there. No. I couldn't think about it. Oh, Snowpiercer. Yeah. Okay. I was like trying to find something. That was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, what Chris Evans movie could I do okay, to yeah, throw yeah. you off? I was like, you probably know what's your number. Yes, I do. I did know what's your number. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. All right. Let also, I watched Ghosted. Oh, yeah. How is Chris it? Evans. I heard it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Actually, a interesting idea because yeah. it spins the like normal rom com of like he's the secret agent and the girls finding out. They reverse that. Oh, this is the one with Anadarmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually Anadarmas is the yes, secret yes. agent and Chris Evans finds out. Terrible casting though, because who in their right mind is going to believe that Chris Evans is this like dorky guy yeah. who falls in love in an instant yeah, yeah, yeah. and like it's just so shocked by how, like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. he looks like an action hero. That's the thing. That yeah, is... it was really bad casting yeah. on for him. Didn't he produce it? Did he produce it? I think it? he produced it. It's an Apple venture. I think he produced it, Chris, which is why he would be in it. Chris, I need you to do better. <laughs> I think she might have produced it. Let's see. She has questionable choices. Oh, yeah. They both did. They both did. There you go. 
I think they just wanted to work together. Were they dating at some point? That Those were rumors. Okay. But he's actually dating like a younger um, Latino woman. Okay. So I think that's where the rumors got muddy. Okay. They keep pairing him with Latino women. Like okay. they also paired him with Selena Gomez for a while. I think oh, people really? were getting confused. By all, all the Latin women? <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Nice America. He's dating someone from that movie though. Um, what's the one you told me to watch? Mrs. Washington goes to something. Mrs. Harris goes There's, to Washington. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. He's dating the... Did you see that? Not yet. It's cute. Me. Okay. I'll watch okay. it. Do it. Okay. What are we watching next week? Um, next week, we're watching the 1979 classic, Kramer versus Kramer. Starring one, Muriel Streep. Meryl. Muriel. <laughs> Meryl. <laughs> but, yeah. And Dustin and Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. yeah. That is a... That's a movie. It's a movie that... I've seen in pieces, but never together. I've never seen the pieces, but I've seen the Indian remake, Akeli Ham Akeli Tum, starring Amir Khan and Manisha Koyala. A song that I sing every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is all next week, and we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about Amir Khan. Mita, do you have a, a quote? I'm going to butcher this, yeah. but... Na Zadrovje! Yeah, I think that works. Na Zadrovje! I'm going to say that. At everybody's wedding from now on. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. There you go. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for Kramer... Versus... Kramer. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.